0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me, as always, is Alan.
1: Good opening weekend, all.
0: And Fred.
2: Hi, we're a five club again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we'll get up over 500 and stay there earlier this season than last year. But it is opening week. Games are underway. The Braves are at home to start the year, and it only took a lockout to make that happen. But the World Series champions are currently enjoying Champions Weekend at Truist Park. They're going to be giving out the rings on Saturday, which is when we are recording this. And you can get your own replica ring on Monday as well. And after seeing these bad boys, I kind of want to drive back to Atlanta and get one of them. They look really nice. I love the pearl they put on there for Jock Peterson. I thought that was great. So it's been a very fun weekend. I was fortunate enough to be there for opening day, or I say fortunate, at least until about the third inning when it became Very cold out there and the Braves fell behind to the Reds and ultimately lost that game six to three. But they bounced back on Friday night with Charlie Morton on the mound and pick up the seven to six victory became a lot closer than it should have been. So the Braves are now one and one on the season, got two more with the Reds and then three at home with the Nationals before going on a West Coast trip. But, Alan, your overall impressions through the first two games of the season for the Braves?
1: First game looked like they were kind of in terms of the offense not really with it there and that was of course reflected in the offensive output and score I have been very impressed though of what I've been seeing with Austin Riley and I'm kind of hoping this might be a precursor to yet another breakout level for him because he's seeing a lot more pitches, he's spitting on pitches that he shouldn't be chasing even more so than last year and you know we, we had a slow start for him last year, but uh, he came on like gangbusters and he's picking up right where he left off. So I'm I'm very pleased to see what uh, he's been doing so far. Uh, Matt Olson looks like he's got his offense going now and I'm happy to see that going. Of course, now we just need to get the rest of the lineup in the middle as well to support those two guys. And then if that happens, we could get on a good run here. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the the team may not have been prepared real well for what Bailey was throwing from Cincinnati on Thursday, but Cincinnati's pitching is not that deep, and I think they should be able to sweep the rest of the series. Yeah,
0: and, you know, look, I was at that Thursday game. The Braves had a lot of balls really hard in that game. You know, two in particular by Marcelo Zuna that were absolutely crushed, another one by Travis Darnot, and one by Alex Dickerson. Four balls I can think of on Thursday that. We're hit really hard, and I think on a lot of days, especially when it warms up, I think those are hits, if not home runs. So a little bit of unfortunate uh, on Thursday. And really, it just seems like the Reds are getting a ton of bloop hits in these first couple of games. And you have to credit them for putting the ball in play and you know beating the shift and going where the defense isn't. So I'm not trying to discredit anything there, but it seems like there's been a lot of that in these first two games. But Fred, give me some of your takeaways from the Braves first two games of the season.
2: Well, I, you know, I thought Riley looked like a different player this year. I mean, I agree with Al, everything Alan said about Riley. I think he looks like a different player this year. I think he has a bigger presence. I think hitting in the third position, when he comes to the plate in the third position, he looks, he looks like a different player when he walks up there. And I I don't know whether that's just building on the confidence from last year or working on some, on stuff over the winter, but it, it just, before he comes in the got in the batter's box, I said, he looks different. And then I, I really, I really am impressed with that. And maybe he's going to make two or three steps forward and take over this team. And then, I was real happy on the second game to see Matt Olson slapping the ball all over the outfield. His, his, my wife said, man, he's got this really strange swing. And I said, yeah, he does. But he had 39 homers with it last year. I think it works. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it worked pretty well with Olson and Riley there. Um, Ozuna didn't do anything. Uh, but And, and Al, um, Ozzie hasn't yet become the guy. I still don't like Ozzy leading off in, in most circumstan almost any circumstance because I just don't think that's his place. Uh but especially hitting left handed, I hate to say that, but especially hitting left handed. I I just think, you know, I'd rather see him batting ninth in this particular particular lineup because uh that would mean that we have a guy who can get on ahead of uh, Ronnie when he comes back and, and things like that. But I, I really like the uh I really liked the way the uh group worked and played. I thought Max pitched a lot better than um, people give him credit for. Uh, nobody really hit him hard. And uh, he um, he was really in the game all the way through it. So I was real happy with what I saw. And I thought thought it was a great game, actually. Uh, just a shame to lose. Last night, we have to remember that uh, the Reds pitching isn't great. And we're going to get a couple of kids we've never seen. Uh, but uh, I, it was good to see him smacking the ball around. That gives him confidence. And it was it was just pretty good all the way around.
0: Yeah, it was. And I think we're kind of on the same page, all three of us with, you know, Austin Riley and Matt Olson, you know, kind of stealing the the show for offensive side of things thus far. You know, Austin had all the hits on Thursday. I think he had three hits on Thursday and two walks on Friday. Olson had two walks on Thursday and three hits on Friday. So those two definitely picking up the slack offensively at the moment. And you both have mentioned it. The biggest takeaway for me so far in two games, and it's two games, is just the quality of at-bats by Austin Riley. That third inning walk to lead off that inning, he took a 3-2 slider just off the plate outside, a pitch that really could have gone either way. Uh, The San Martin for the Reds was kind of all over the place, so he's not going to get that call. But he laid off a couple of those tough sliders, you know, diving away from him, and that's the pitch that's given him problems in the past so really great to see him building continuing what we saw last year and carrying it into this season I think that does hopefully speak for a big year to come for Austin Riley another big year to come for him so that's been the most impressive thing for me so far on the offensive side of things you both also mentioned it as well I think Max Freed and Charlie Morton both looked great I think Freed kind of stumbled a little bit in that third inning On Thursday night, lost his control there for a minute. Reds got a couple of bloop hits, got a couple of hard hits, and he was actually lucky to only give up two runs in that inning. And then I thought he settled down and was Max Freed. And from that point on, gave up a couple of more kind of soft hits in that sixth inning. Hindsight is what it is, but I wanted him to at least face Drury and then bring in McHugh for the top of the lineup, but didn't happen. Drury hit that three-run homer. Max gets charged for those two runs that were on base, and that was pretty much the game on Thursday night. One mu- one other highlight before we get into some negatives from the first couple of games. Alan, the other big highlight from Thursday night was Spencer Strider, and boy, was that fun to watch for a game that had kind of gotten out of hand a little bit. I mean, it was 6-1, to one, and then it was 6-3 when Riley hit the home run later, but before that, Spencer Strider really made things fun for Braves fans who were still at the game or watching on TV, just blowing people by with 100-mile-per-hour fastballs.
1: Yeah, we can't miss this because you're you're absolutely right. If anybody was questioning whether he should have been in the opening day lineup, you got to see exactly what the Braves were thinking because he came in and overmatched a bunch of Reds hitters real quick. The the knock on him has been, well, he's only got really a one pitch or so, or can't, can't do his command very well. He had all that going and really the, the Reds had no shot. (laughs) That, that was impressive. It, it, he did two innings and that's also a, a nice thing to see because he can come out of the bullpen and restore order quick. If he continues this, um, and he didn't look like he was really stressing. This was not a max effort uh, set of pitches either. So, I, I was real happy to see that. Uh, real impressed at how it came off.
0: Yeah, Fred. I don't. I don't know what you do with Spencer Strider right now. I. I think the kid has so much potential, and I think we see what he could be as a bullpen arm. Where I think, you know, that's his floor. I think his floor is a dominant reliever like we saw on thursday but i think you kind of still have to see what he could do as a starter can he develop a third pitch and can he do this for five or six innings
2: yeah i i don't know I, the word is already all around the league that uh, when strider comes to band you better come and start swinging before you get out of the dugout because he's going to blow it past you he's scared of nobody nobody at all I think he's still, I think he's got to, they've got to make him, try to make him a starter because that's, that's why they signed him. He, he, you know, in the old days, you would get a guy come up in the bullpen one year and he'd pitch sort of off and on the bullpen. And the next year, he'd be the starter. And they tried that a couple of times, but in, in today's game, you can ruin a, ruin a pitcher real fast by making him a two inning pitcher for a whole season. Uh, and I, I just think, like, like you said, I agree that the, his ceiling is so high. That, I mean, he's at his floor now and he's striking out major leaguers, uh, just one after the other without, without a problem. So I think, I think they've got to send him back at some point and let him stretch him out and get him going. And, uh, maybe, uh, we'll see him later in the season do that. But, uh, boy, he was, he was lights out last, uh, Thursday night. He was just, he was awesome. Everybody was just clicking and it was just, they didn't care what they were losing the game. That Strider just lit everybody up.
0: Yeah, because the air went out of that stadium when Drury hit that home run. But Spencer Strider came in, and he brought some joy to a game that, like I said, most people thought was over at that point. But this is I was surprised to see him make the opening day roster, and I thought he wouldn't just because I want to see him continue to get stretched out as a starter because I just think he has a high ceiling there. And now that you see him as a reliever, a multi-inning reliever like this, it's going to be hard to to send him back down but I still think that is the right decision long term for his career and for the Braves to at least give him that chance to try to become a starter because if he finds that third pitch and he can continue this velocity deep into games he's going to be a top of the rotation type arm he has that potential so you can't just give up on that but to your point Fred it's it can sometimes be difficult when you have a guy like this and you make him a two-inning reliever and you let him do that over the year and then try to transition to being a starter, uh, it can mess the mess him up a little bit. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the Braves decide to do with him. I do think he gets sent back down likely when rosters are brought back to 26, I would think, unless there's just more injuries to the bullpen. But enjoy it while he's here at least because it's a lot of fun to watch. Let's turn to some of the negatives from the first couple of games, and let's talk about that bullpen because it's been a rough introduction for some of the new bullpen toys that Brian Snicker has to use. I mentioned the home run that Drury hit on Thursday night. That was off Colin McHugh, the first batter that he faced. He gives up a three-run homer. And then on Friday, Kenley Jansen comes in in a non-save situation in a 7-3 game. He walks a batter, you know, gives up a couple of soft hits, and next thing you know, it's a 7-6 to six game. So, Allen, I don't think, you know, obviously not hitting the panic button after one outing for both of these guys, but certainly not the introductions that they were hoping for with Atlanta fans.
1: Yeah, that was kind of hard to, to watch there for a bit. Even A.J. Minter didn't uh, exactly do very well. But uh, I guess at this point, we're going to have to chalk it up to first game Jitters kind of a thing. Uh that didn't affect everybody. Tyler Matzik was excellent. Obviously we've talked about Strider and his appearance. Thornburg, Will Smith all did well. Uh it was Jansen, Minter and McHugh though, that kind of you know, I guess gone against the narrative a little bit and, and not been the lights out guys that that we were hoping to see. But at this point, I'm not going to go too far with uh, the criticism because it's you know a different world out there. And to the cases here, uh, Jansen and McHugh, it, it is first game, first time in Atlanta. Team they've wanted wanted to be with, and now they've now they're there, and now they've got to uh, do their thing. And so. It was kind of like an all-eyes-on-them situation. Maybe McHugh might have been uh, not necessarily the right guy to put in that particular situation, but Jansen certainly had a clean inning in front of him and a big lead. And I don't know. Maybe that's also part of the the deal where a closer wants to have the game on the line, really, and if it's not a safe situation, he comes in with a slightly different mentality. So whatever excuse you want to use, Let's let's take one and then uh, use it uh, this weekend. Get his mulligan, and next week we'll expect better things.
0: Yeah, we, that's the worst outing that Jansen has of the year. I think we'll be okay. But Fred, anything you see from either of those that kind of has you worried? Um, again, one outing, not getting, not hitting the panic button or anything. But well, you know, your just
2: thoughts on the, those two so far. It was cold. You were at the game, Jake. It
1: was yeah,
0: it was cold. freezing.
2: And, and McHugh needs touch. He needs to touch and feel that ball to make it dip and dive. Uh, same with Mitter, really. He needs to be able to feel that ball to have control of it. And that's what I, my wife would say, boy, Jansen came in and he doesn't look very good. I said, first game and it's cold and new town and games on the line. As Alan said, I'm not worried about them. Those guys know how to pitch. I, I think they'll be fine. I'm not. I haven't worried about any of the pitchers I've seen from us yet. Uh, Miller was a little shaky. Uh, Jensen was a little shaky. Uh, McHugh came in. I, I really think the cold weather bothered him more than anything else. But I, I haven't seen anything. Uh, I haven't seen anything that worries me out of the bullpen yet. The outfield's a different story, but but the bullpen mm-hmm. I think is fine.
0: Yeah, you can talk about that outfit a little bit more, Fred. This it, it is rough to watch, and I was there on Thursday and. You know, I don't know that a average defensive outfielder gets to some of these balls, but, I mean, it, there's just some of these that are landing in front of Ozuna and Rosario that I'm thinking, man, could they not get there a little bit sooner? <laughs> you know, maybe not even to catch them, but to get the ball back in quicker to keep the runner from taking an extra base. So you're right, Fred, this outfield, it, it looks a little rough, and we knew that coming in, especially till Acuna gets back, but it's going to cost us some runs here and there.
2: Yeah, I I think the um I think the difference is Rosario's really a left fielder. He's not a right fielder. And he just 'cause he didn't have really have the arm for that. And Ozuna should really D H. And I, I just I don't know why if we're going to D H Arcia or somebody like that, we don't put Heredia in there and let him catch the balls in center field and Move Duval to move Duval to right and and Heredia or, or Rosario to left and play it like that. I I don't see the I don't see the logic in this because we know that uh, Ozuna is not going to catch him. He's got a, his seven his out, throw from the outfield was seventy seven miles an hour, folks. I can throw seventy seven miles an hour mm-hmm. and that's damn near my age. So I I I really I really think that uh, you know you have. Just give him the DH role and tell him to forget where his glove is and we'll put somebody out there who can catch the ball, even if it's our latest signing, the Lionel DeShields Jr.? Really? Okay, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's got a DH. Yeah,
0: I, I don't I don't understand it, out. I don't know why, if you're going to put these guys in here at DH who are more, at least more athletic, they can catch a ball, put them in the outfield and stick Ozuna at DH. He just He doesn't need to be in the field any longer.
1: Well, this is going to be the kind of thing that we've been talking about, uh, a while now is the outfield defense. And right now they are kind of patching it together until Acuna shows up. And that's probably not going to be till first or second week of May, I'm, I'm guessing. But right now, uh, it's going to be what it is. Now I would like personally to see Dickerson out there rosario's sort of adequate but we've already seen an instance where azuna's arm got run on and even if he can catch the ball he's he certainly can't throw it so i don't know it it, it's what they put together and at the moment they've decided to prioritize offense over defense and we'll have to just uh bear with it and hopefully uh it doesn't hurt this team too badly
0: Thing we'll talk about on the the negative side is that Dansby Swanson has not looked great to start the year for sure, and particularly Thursday night. And it's not just the fact that you know he's not getting hits, and it's two games, Alan. He just doesn't look comfortable at the plate, and he looks kind of lost up there, as he can be at times throughout the season. I know he'll he'll get at a hot stretch at some point, but you know, in a contract year for him, trying to prove that he wants to be. The shortstop of the future here in Atlanta, you know, very important for him, I think, to get off to a good start, and that just hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, if he wants to have a job next year uh, with anybody, he better get uh, things going. Now, I do think he will get things going, but uh, here's a guy who said in spring training early and in, in one batting practice session, "I'm ready. Let's go." Well, he wasn't ready, and he's not going. (laughs) He only batted about 207 during spring and really looked overmatched in the first game by by what Maley was throwing at him. He was better second game, yes. He took a couple of walks. He he recognized that uh, the pitcher was in trouble in that game and, and waited for something to hit, but then he was also missing things, missing pitches too. So something is definitely out of sync with him. And he's not looking good, and it may take a few days to to get back on track. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he got a day off in the next few days of this homestand, just to sort of clear his head, perhaps, and and get back get things back together, because we've got a road trip coming up to the West Coast with San Diego and L.A involved, and he's going to need to uh, be an asset, not a liability. Right now, that's not the case. All right, kind of turning
0: the page a little bit, uh, looking forward to the rest of this homestand. I'm really excited about this game on Saturday, and yeah, we may not get this posted before that, but I'm really curious to see what Cal Wright is going to do, what he will look like. Really hoping it's the Cal Wright we saw in the World Series, and if that's the case, I think we're in for you know a big year with him. But I'm just, I'm going to be glued in. I'm glued in anyway. But especially when Kyle Wright takes the mound, I'll be watching his every pitch. Just, I want to see that confidence from him uh, using that sinker in the zone, creating weak contact, not falling behind hitters, but rather getting ahead. That's what I'm looking forward to with him. And then Ian Anderson, you know, his last two starts in spring, you know, weren't great. He got roughed up in one outing and then he roughed up his toe before the next outing and was never able to really go deep. So I'm curious as to how many pitches he'll be able to throw on Sunday when the Braves go up against Hunter Green, who can touch 104 miles per hour. That'll be an interesting game as well. And then they wrap up the homestand against the Nationals with Wascari Noah on Monday. We don't know who's starting on Tuesday. I'm guessing it's going to be Tucker Davidson. And then you'll have Max Fried back on the mound for an afternoon game on Wednesday before heading out West for the Dodgers uh, Padres and Dodgers, like Alan said. So, uh, Fred, I'll go to you first, kind of your, your thoughts, kind of previewing the rest of this homestand and what you're looking forward
2: to seeing. Well, I want to see Kyle ride do well. I locked him this spring. He looked a lot better. If we see the guy from spring training early, we'll be fine. He falls into a three, four starter this year. That's perfectly good for us. Um, I'm not, High on you, Noah. I, I think he belongs in the bullpen. So, but I don't think he'll have much trouble against the Nationals team. And what we need to do is uh, make sure everybody's wearing body armor <coughs> before they go out there for that game. I want to point out something about the game Thursday night. Everybody screamed about Dansby, and he was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Adam Duval was 0 for 3 with a walk and three strikeouts. Travis Darno was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Uh, Marcelo Zuna was 0 for 3 uh, and, and with a walk. There was a lot of offers in that game. People picked on Dansby because they like to pick on Dansby, and I know he didn't look good at the batter's box, but but Dickerson didn't look good in the batter's box. None of them really looked really great Thursday, except the, guy, the guys at the top, very top of the order who were lacing the ball all over the place. I I get off the Dansby hate, fellas, give him a chance. It's cold. It's First game of the season, and he wasn't really much worse than anybody else out there, and I think the game's going to be fun. Seeing Hunter Green's going to be fun. Seeing if we can put a bat on 104 miles an hour and if he can keep it in the strike zone. I don't know if they might just jiggle the rotation a little bit to make sure Max gets to pitch early out west or not. I'd really rather, really like the Dodgers rather than against the Gnats. But uh, maybe, maybe they won't do that this early in the year. I just think uh, you want to, you want to beat the Dodgers. You want Max on the hill. Yeah, we'll see if they change that
0: up a little bit but again it's too early in the season I don't know that they would do that and uh you know you don't really want to give him any more rest I don't think we're already looking at you know five days rest but I am excited about that Hunter Green start on Sunday I think that could be a lot of fun um maybe not for the Braves hitters but be neat to see him go up against the Braves but Alan your thoughts as we kind of preview the upcoming week ahead
1: Yeah, with the uh, 14 games in a row, extra rest is going to be pretty much at a premium right now because I I imagine there will be a bullpen game thrown in there somewhere uh, along the way against the Nationals would make sense. We'll see how they want to play it. As far as uh, Kyle Wright goes, the only concern I have is all these people saying, wow, Kyle Wright looks really good. He he he's gonna have a breakout year, and maybe he you know, hopefully he's not listening to all these things because those kinds of things create pressure on a player, and we don't need any extra pressure right now on him. He just needs to go out and do what he's been doing, and hopefully he's his confidence is real, and then he does, in fact, perform up to his expectations. But I do have some concern with everybody picking him as a breakout candidate here. But at the same time, the Braves do need one in the, the rotation because they, they do need somebody to step up and be that fourth guy. Teams can always make a fifth spot right, but having a fourth and fifth part of the rotation that's a little iffy is is a trial. And the Braves have actually had to go through that in the last couple of years. But I, I do want to see what he can do, and certainly uh, we know what he can do. The, the trick is going to be... Uh, making that happen. And frankly, this Cincinnati lineup is not exactly a pushover. Uh, even as, uh, everything was going on with them selling off assets over the winter, they've still retained a pretty good offense. Their, their pitching is what's kind of iffy except for the top one or two guys, but they're not a pushover. So they, they might still make some noise in the NL Central here, but, uh, uh, it's going to give, uh, Kyle Ridey an interesting challenge tonight.
0: All right, and uh, Fred, before we get out of here, any final thoughts from
2: you? I I just I just want to see them continue to keep their head in the game and not, not worry about all this. Uh, the ceremonies and everything, I think, get on top of emotion around those ceremonies, um, the, the flag ceremony, the announcements, uh, the Silver Slugger awards, the Gold Gloves. Yay, Max Silver Slugger, last pitcher and and to ever get one. Uh, I I love that, uh, but uh, I, and I like the ring ceremonies and all of that stuff. But uh, I just want them to you – know, it's hard to get that out of your mind when you're, you're out there. Man, we just had a ring. So, what? The ball went right by me in the outfield. Uh, mm. <laughs> so I, I just want them to forget that and get on with playing the game. You don't want Dickerson in the outfield. He has less less range than Ozuna. Uh, uh, I do not know. <laughs> yeah, i I know it doesn't, but it, 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 it's, it's pretty much that way. Uh, I can't maybe
1: maybe we of, could – Maybe we could put them right together, and dig, and Ozuna you know, can catch it, and then uh, have Dickerson throw it.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, we can <laughs> we can hit the, the the designated thrower.
1: Yeah.
2: I, Something like don't, that. Don't tell Manfred. We'll have it next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep living in hope that Kevin Pillar will not want to be in Oklahoma City for the for very long, and he'll exercise his opt outs, and we can grab him for that, and stick him until uh, we. We get uh, Ronnie back, of course, that's probably a fantasy and um, or maybe a gas pain, but that's that's sort of what I got all right, Alan, any last words from you?
1: I do think the outfield is going to continue to be a problem. I again, I think that we're going to have to just sort of endure it and hope we can get past it. Uh, we do have a, a stable of pitchers who specialize in weak contact and mostly ground balls in theory. Cincinnati has managed to get some of these things over the infielders' heads, and that has helped to help them get some runs. But if uh, we can keep the ball in the infield, we should be able to mitigate the damage.
2: All
0: right, and baseball is back. So enjoy the games this week and throughout the season. Make sure that you're following us all. On TomahawkTake.com We'll have a daily recap Some biggest takeaways from every game Make sure you're following us here on the Tomahawk Take Podcast That will do it for this episode And we will talk to you next week
1: This has been the Just getting underway edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast Which is a production of TomahawkTake.com And Fansided LLC Celebrating their 15th birthday A subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as Minute Media is still most likely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons License, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Five Card Shuffle, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomHawkTick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and may your souvenir rings make your non-Braves fans extremely jealous. See you next time.